Amen. All right, thank you. Take your Bibles tonight, if you will. And uh, you'll need those by the grace of God. You cold, Miss Valerie? Exodus chapter number 17 tonight in your Bible. Find the book of Exodus chapter number 17. And we ask your attention tonight as we look to some things from the Word of God as we continue to study the types, typology in Scripture. Last Wednesday night we saw the types of salvation as we studied the the healing of Naaman the Syrian, the Gentile uh, general who was healed by the uh, the prophet Elisha and how Elisha and what he did for him. Tonight we want to continue looking at some typology and see salvation. And uh, tonight we'll take have to look at three portions of scripture to see it perfectly. And there's a lot in here. We'll unpack it as quickly as possible and make it as plain as possible so that we will see what God has done, why God did what he did, and uh, that why it's important to obey God when God says something, even though it may not make sense. It will work out. <laughs> Is it working, brother? We'll do, fix it. It's okay. So it's, it's, this is Wednesday night. We're a little, we're more lax here. Okay, it's all right. You can fight with that thing till you get it working. <laughs> Internet. We have coffee mug troubles here, so we want to. Or tea, actually, it's tea, right? I saw a tea bag hanging out of that thing. Amen. So Carlos is having a spot of tea tonight. All right. Um, Exodus 17, verse number one. As we read, and all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys, uh, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do to this people? For they are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee the elders of Israel, and the rod, wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thy hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the children of Israel. And he called the name of that place Massa and Meribah, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Here we see the situation, first of all, that there is no water. Now, the wilderness area where they are, there's not an abundance of water, as they've seen here, as the Bible mentions it. Uh, they are in a very arid and a very dry place, and some wells may have existed in that area, but it's not enough for the multitude. Remember, uh, conservative estimates conservative estimates on how many people came out of israel uh, a range around anywhere from one to two million people that's the conservative numbers and then you add into that number you add in all the cattle and then the sheep and the goats and, and whatever ever livestock and camels and so uh, a lot of water is required here to to take care of all these people and these ought to encourage us, by the way, as we see God taking care of these, this amount of people and what God is doing here and how God is able to take care and provide for us. And it says that all the congregation, the children of Israel, again, as they're journeying here, 
Again, it's important to note that this shortage of water, and when it occurred, I want you to pay attention to this, this important note that they are doing exactly what God told them to do. They are following the cloud by day, and they are following the pillar of fire by night, and everywhere, and, and the place where they are right now is the place where God has directed them to be. And the place where God has directed them to be, obviously, is a place where there's uh, what appears on the surface to be no water. But I want us to get a thought in our head that sometimes we are in the place of obedience, and we have the mindset, just because we're in the place of obedience, that we'll have no problems, no trials, and no heartaches, and no discomforts. But that's not the case in Scripture. In Scripture, we see that people are in, in the place of obedience, and that's when trials, heartaches, and, and troubles will come to us. Because, again, it's easy when we're out of obedience, when we're out of the way, and then when we have problems, we realize, well, I'm in this condition because of my condition. My sin has brought me here, much like the prodigal son in the, in the hog's pen. And then we get, well, that's normal. But uh, what we have to understand is sometimes when we're in the will of God, and then we'll have problems just as well. And so living faithfully, uh, again, according to God's word, does not exempt us from trials. Scripture reminds us in Psalm 34, 19, that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Pastor, I don't know why I'm going through these problems. Are you living for God? Yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> There you go. That's all you need to know. I'm serving God, and so you will have problems. The devil's not going to make it easy. And by the way, your faith doesn't grow because you take it easy. Your faith grows through trials and testings. That's when you become a mature Christian. And we notice that there's murmuring going on in verses 2 and 3. We notice how the Israelites' reaction to this water shortage, that it was to murmur. It says that the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. Again, when, when something went wrong, what was the reaction of the children of Israel? Did they pray about it? No, their first reaction was to complain about it. Aren't you glad that the local church for the last 2,000 years has never been like the children of Israel? When we have problems, our first reaction is to pray. We never complain, we never murmur, we never whine, we never do anything like that. We're not like those children of Israel. Oh, if it were true. Oh, if that was only true. I don't understand why. <laughs> Did you pray about it? <laughs> by the way, most people, I prayed about it, but that really, they kind of like, I don't understand this, God, and that's their prayer. That's really what it, their prayer life comes down to at that moment in time. And instead of saying, you know what, we're really going through a fix right now, and everything's falling apart, let me get along with God for a little while. And, and when we think of the Israelites, we think of all that they had seen. They had seen the ten plagues that released them from bondage. They watched the destruction of the mightiest nation on planet Earth. And those ten plagues basically leveled the nation of Egypt and brought it to its knees. God wiped them out on every level. They were financially and in and, and every way ruined. And it was going to take time, and even militarily, when God drowned the army in the Red Sea. They saw that. And they seen God do great things. And do you think their faith by this point in time would be, you know what, God's able and God can do something here. But no, they've seen it and yet they complain more and more. And again, in the, in the previous chapter, which we did not look at, we saw them accusing of Moses in regards to food. Where's food? We're out here. We're going to die. We've got no food. And God provided food for them. 
And uh, again, those in spiritual leadership will be accused of a lot of ridiculous charges by people who lack character. They really do. I've experienced this in my life. And people have always accused me of things. And, and we just have to be faithful to Almighty God and, and, and serve God. They accused Moses, here, you, you brought us out here to, to, to die of hunger. Now it's, you brought us out here to die of thirst. What kind of crazy accusations is that? It makes no sense. And they're accusing a godly individual. And you can never, listen, Moses, there's three men in your Old Testament that are the top three men of your Bible. The first one would be in Genesis, Abraham. The second one would be right here, Moses. And the third would be King David himself. Those are the three great men. And there's many other great men, but those are the top three. You'd be hard-pressed to try to fit anybody else in this category. God gave more scripture to those men than he did to anybody else in his Old Testament Bible. And so Moses here, one of the great, great men uh, of history and of the Bible, and, and how did they treat him? They accused him of all kinds of, of insanity. And Moses says that they're almost ready to stone me. That means that they're ready to kill him. And again, this Moses reveals their hearts here, their lack of faith, and and all these things. But friends, always be careful of what you're going to accuse somebody of. Always be careful with, an, with accusations. Don't be quick to accuse and, and condemn and hang people. Find out facts first and, and, and know things. And, and just be careful with it. It's been my time in the ministry to see a lot of... My pastor was accused of a lot of crazy. And I myself have been accused of a lot of crazy by people who didn't have all the facts. And by the grace of God, none of the crazies were ever true. They were just lies, innuendos, or half-truths. We see the reaction to the murmuring here. He says in verse number 2, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore, tempt the Lord. Moses again tells the people that, are, that they're criticizing him, they're only criticizing the Lord. You understand, when we complain about things, often we're complaining about God. You know, Again, I'm not a big fan of snow because I, 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 I have to, to shovel it. I, I, that, that's the only part I don't like. If I was stuck in a house and didn't have to clean, I'd be like, "Woo! it looks pretty. But I don't know I have to go out and clean it. I'm not a big fan of it. But I know God sends the snow. And sometimes I'm like, Lord, now it needs to stop. But God sends the snow. God sends the rain and God sends the sun and God sends all of those things for us. But we, never, we shouldn't be guilty of being critical. Watch a critical spirit. And we see Moses cried unto the Lord in verse number four. And again, the Lord here uh, is hearing these things and, uh, and wants to do something. And God's going to answer their prayer. So God tells Moses to do something. And I'm going very quickly because I have to get to the second point And I have to get to the third point tonight. I don't want to break this up into uh, two weeks. In verse number five, God says, Go on before the people and take with thee the elders of Israel, and thy rod. Remember, Moses has been carrying this rod for many years now. It was a shepherd's staff when he went out into the wilderness, and now he took it down to Egypt. And he's using this staff uh, to perform these miracles. God's doing great things with it. And again, it's not the staff itself. It's just a piece of wood. It's God working through that. This is a symbolic thing God is using here. Imagine if we had that rod today. Wouldn't they be bowing down, worshiping, and doing all kinds of stuff to it, and, you know, touching it and trying to get... You know, I'm told if you go over to... Rome, and you see the, the Vatican over there's a statue of St. Peter, and he's up on a pedestal. And, and if you ever go to the statue of St. Peter there, which is supposed to be St. Peter, because nobody knows what it looks like, but those, those old Italians, I guess they had insight on something. But, and, uh, 
But the toe of St. Peter is basically worn away. St. Peter has no big toe left. Because everybody's like, you know, rubbing athlete's foot on their forehead, trying to get, trying to get Peter's blessing on them. And if we had Moses' staff, I mean, people would be, it'd be worn away from everybody touching that thing, thinking they're going to get power, healing, and all kinds of other nonsense. And, and it's just a, a piece of wood. But Moses uses the staff for many things. And, and he goes on, and he's going to tell them what he do. And he tells them uh, to take the rod that's in thy hand. And again, this is a, a mundane, ordinary thing. There's, it's not made of gold. It's not ornate. It's not been carved on. It doesn't have this on it. Fancy sculpture. I have a rifle, a shotgun up in my office that somebody gave me, and it's got a beautiful sculpture on the stock of the of that, and and it's really nice. But again, it's Moses' stick was just a stick. It's all it was. I know the one in the movies looked really nice. I don't even know if it looked that nice. It's an old stick. Now, I want you to notice in verse number 6, the rock is the focal point. He says, Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders. Now, again, Moses, the rock is the focal point. It's not so much Moses. It's not so much the, the staff's important, as we'll see. Moses is to take that, and he's to hit the rock. He's to reach out and, and take his staff and, and, and smash that rock. Now, again, it, all things considered, a, 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 a piece of wood would lose every time against a rock. As kids, you would take a rock or find a rock and a stick and you smash it. When we were kids in, in biology class in high school, uh, there was a snake in a case in our classroom. And uh, the teacher threw a mouse in there and he said, that mouse will be gone by tomorrow. And so next day, I come running into the classroom, all excited to see if the mouse was there. And the mouse was still there, but the snake was dead and torn to shreds. And I'm, I'm really like, that's, that mouse ripped the skin off that snake. And I yelled over to the teacher, Mr. Lupus, get over here. I said, I thought you, this mouse just whooped up on this snake. Oh, the snake must have died. That's no, no, that's that, that mouse <laughs> ripped into that. Now, the, the snake probably died, but it was awesome. <laughs> As a teenager, you're 16 years old, and you see this snake ripped to shreds, and that mouse just bounced it around the cage. My friend, a wooden stick against a rock should lose every single time. But God's in control here, and God's going to do something for us. And, and we notice in verse number six, God says, if you smite the rock, Water will come out of it. And there all of a sudden this miracle takes place and water pours forth from the rock. And again, this is a, uh, something only God can do. Now I want to understand in the miracle and doing of all this, uh, it's not just a stream. It's not just a trickle. We said there's, let's just be very conservative and say there's only a, a million people. Let's not even break it down and say, and say there's only 500,000, which there's not. And, and then the livestock, a lot of water has to come out of that rock. It's going to be a massive amount of water. And, and, and it's not like one guy there with a... Next, you know, they'd be there for, they'd still be there filling up their canteens. It's a massive amount of water that's going to come out of that rock and going to provide for these people. God is doing a great miracle here for these people. Now... That's the miracle here in all these things. Like, 
This is one thing I hate about iPads. So you touch something wrong, the thing goes flippy, flippy on you, and you've you got to find your place again. There we go. Thank you. This never happened when I had paper up here. Amen. And so we notice that there's plenty of water for everybody, and everybody's satisfied, and God has provided for them in the wilderness. God has done a great miracle for them. And those they call the place, in verse number 7, they call it uh, Massa and Meribah. And it's very important, that word Meribah means strife, strife. And uh, this is where they, uh, and Massa means temptation, as in tempt the Lord. And we ought not to tempt God. Thou shalt, we're not to tempt God Almighty. Jesus talked about that when he was tempted of Satan. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And so this place is very important to the children of Israel. And, and they're going to leave this place and they're going to move on. Now in Numbers chapter number 20. In Numbers chapter number 20. Now again, you, you would think after seeing that miracle, you would think of God providing water in an arid, dry place. You say, preacher, what's this got to do with typology? Well, it's got a lot to do with typology. Now, we know from our Bible that Moses is not allowed to go into the promised land. God punishes Moses because of his transgression and and his disobedience. And Moses is forbidden. And the one thing Moses probably wanted more than anything on planet Earth was to take the children of Israel across Jordan and into the promised land and lead them to victories over the enemy in that land. But it's not the case. And if we are in the book of Numbers, I say Numbers or I say Deuteronomy? Numbers, well, it would help if I got to that book, amen? Sometimes I find I end up in the wrong place. In Numbers, we see in verse number 2, And there was no water in the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and Aaron. And the people said, you know what? We're going to trust God, and we're not going to complain, and we're just going to trust God that he's going to provide water for us. Is that what what your Bible says? No, it's not what your Bible says. It says in verse, what version do I got? (laughs) Numbers 20. Did I say Numbers 20? Verse number 2. And then verse number 3. And the people chode with Moses and spake, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Now, the brethren they're talking about are the ones God killed earlier because of their rebellion. They, uh, were, were, there's several rebellions took place. There's the Golden Calf Rebellion. There's Korah and his rebellion. And God has been killing a bunch of people in the wilderness because of their rebellion. God hates rebellion, by the way. So what should you not do? <laughs> Don't rebel. God's not a big fan of it. So there's no water. And again, that should not surprise us. What does surprise us that in the wilderness wanderings, there was enough water for uh, their flocks to drink. How, how can God do these things? So the people again are complaining. The people again are, are lifting up their voice. They're, they're complaining. And again, don't be a complainer. Don't be a complainer with Almighty God. This is a place where you're going to say, you know what? If God wants me to die of thirst, that's God's business, but it's going to make him look bad. But I'm just going to trust him. You know, I'm just going to, that's, that's his business. And I've told God, I said, now God, I'm, I'm trusting you. And Lord, if, if you don't do something, it's going to make you look bad. Because I told everybody you can take care of it. And so it's not on me, God. So it's on you. But we've got to swing out sometimes. Just say, you know, get fat or die skinny. I'm trusting God. Amen. And just believe what God can do. 
would to God we had died. My friend, it's a bad thing to say that. You know, why did God just kill me back then? You know, if God wants you killed, God will kill you. If God wants you dead, he'll, he'll, he'll take care of that. The fact that you're not dead it means that God still has a use for you. And God still has a purpose for your life. And God wants to do something with you. But these people, again, miserable and they're complaining. And uh, again, why have you brought us up in this wilderness that our cattle should die there? They had conveniently forgotten all that God had done. And can I help you with something? And this is good for you and it's good for everybody else you deal with. Complainers make no sense in life. <laughs> they make no sense whatsoever. People complain about the craziest thing. It's like, well, you know, what, what, what do you want me to do? Sometimes everything's out of everybody's hands. The power's out. What do you, what do you want me to do? This has happened. What do you want me to do? You know, they're dying in, in Ethiopia. What do you want me to do? You know, I, I can only fix what I can fix. And I cannot fix it. But complainers always just make no sense. Again, what they're saying, they're saying this is an evil place. This is an evil place. My friend, because they're in this place. If God brought you to a place, does God do anything bad? No. So to complain about the place, again, in the will of God, where God has directed you, the cloud has led them there, the fire is there. This is nothing, this is not a bad place. This is God's will. This is God's place for them. In our life, we've got to learn this is God's place for me right now. There's lessons to be learned. There's truths I need to know. There's education in this spot. My faith will grow in this spot. But this is where God has me right now. And so they conveniently ignore all that God has done for them. And we notice again what Moses does in verse number 6. And Moses and Aaron went up from the presence of the assembly and the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they fell on their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. Thank God for people who know how to pray and get a hold of God. We see the humility of Moses and Aaron. They're under this attack and, and it was humility before God. And my friend, we always ought to be humble before Almighty God. Don't ever walk into the throne room with pride and arrogance. Now, the Bible says we can come boldly, but it doesn't say come proudly. It doesn't say come arrogantly. It doesn't say come angrily. It says come boldly. But we are to come, we are to come with humility before the throne of grace, knowing we really don't deserve anything. But God in his mercy wants to do good things for us. And again... God is going to show up. God's going to do something here. And God's going to answer their prayer. And God has a plan for this water to come out. He says in verse number 8, Take the rod and gather the assembly together, thou and Aaron and thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. Notice what he says, and you ought to mark this, And speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give to the congregation and their beast. And so Moses took the rod from before the Lord, and he commanded him. So again, the command here, unlike the previous time where God told them that they were to smite the rock, this time he was to merely speak to the rock, and the rock would give forth water. But we notice Moses here in a moment of anger. In a moment of frustration, he says in, uh, he's angry. He's not angry at God, but he's angry at the people. Listen, 
You can almost understand. I give Moses credit for being so patient with these people. You know, Moses, God at one time said, Moses, step over. Why, God? Because I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> I'm going to wipe them out. I'm sick and tired of their complaining. So move over. And go, no, God, don't do that. Don't do that. What about your promise to Abraham? And, no, and God withheld his anger. But now Moses gets angry. And he's upset. And he says, verse 10, And Moses and Aaron gathered a congregation before the rock. And he said, Hear ye now, ye rebels. Must we fetch water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and the beast also. Here Moses was told that he was to speak to the rock, and it would give water. And Moses, in his anger, takes his stick, and he hits the rock twice. And yet God still answers and does something. I want you to notice, now God punishes Moses because he does this. Now, again, it may seem like a small thing to you, but what Moses did, what Moses didn't understand, and what God was doing is that this rock pictures Jesus Christ. What is water? Water is life. We all need water. We can go uh, longer without food than we can without water. We all need water to sustain us. I was sitting in the chair the other day, and I didn't drink a whole lot that day, and my foot went into a charley horse, and my toes began to twist. I told Renee, I said, I think I, I'm dehydrated. And so she came and took care of me and, and gave me some things to drink. And you need water, my friends. Your body starts hurting, or you get headaches. You need water. Just drink water. It's God's good recipe. But God's going to provide in spite of it, and it's a picture of salvation. And what Moses does here by smiting the rock is he ruins a type. You see, that rock is, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Moses hit it the first time, it pictures Christ being crucified one time. And out of Christ comes what? The water of life, salvation. The second time, when Moses hits it, he's ruining a typology. But Christ only suffered one time. All he had to do was speak. Do we have to kill Christ every time somebody wants to get saved? What do we do? We speak, and salvation comes to that sinner who believes. My daughter sent me a text this morning, all excited. She, they, they have a friend of theirs, a couple. They're not married. They're living together, and they got two children, and, and her boyfriend got saved some time ago, and, and God changed his life drastically and, uh, and wonderfully saved. And his girlfriend noticed a change in his life, and and he's thinking, well, I, 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 I shouldn't be living with her because that's sin. We should be getting married. And, 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 but I'm saved, and, and she's not saved, and, and so he's in a quandary. And so, but she saw the change in his life and what God is doing in his life. And, my, and Melanie had a chance last night to talk to her on the phone and spend some time and, and led her to Christ. And that girl prayed herself, and she wept and cried, and, 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 and was gloriously saved. Now, she didn't say, I need to take Jesus and crucify him. No, what she do? She spoke, and water came forth from the rock. You see the picture. You see the typology. And when Moses hit that rock, he was ruining a type. And that's why God said, I'm sorry, you cannot go into the promised land because you didn't believe me, and God punished me. We see what God tells him here and how verse number 12, And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore ye shall not bring this congregation to the land which I have given them. 
This is the water of Meribah because the children of Israel strove with me and he was sanctified in them. So again, Moses will ask a couple of times and God says, don't bring it up again. I'm sorry, Moses, but you can't go in because you ruined the typology. And so it's important to see what God is doing, how this rock and what it does. I'd like you to take your Bible and look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. Find that place in your Bible. Well, the Apostle Paul is dealing with the church at Corinth. And what a, what a, a crazy place Corinth was. It was Sin City. It probably made Las Vegas look like Sunday school town. If you read the church newsletters, we'll be dealing with this topic in the newsletter. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, and he says in verse number 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the, through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and the sea, and all did eat that same spiritual meat. And by the way, in that your Bible, you ought to write that spiritual meat that they ate was manna. And what did manna represent? It represented the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is that bread come down from heaven. He's the bread of life. God gave the children of Israel manna. He gave them bread. In other words, he gave them Christ. Verse number four. And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they, they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. Notice the word rock is capitalized. That followed them. That rock was Christ. And so here we have confirmation in the New Testament of the, of the typology, that the rock that was in the wilderness that Moses spoke to and, 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 and hit uh, was the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, we only have to speak. This is why, again, a, a church like the Catholic Mass, every Mass, they're crucifying Jesus Christ. And they serve you his blood and they serve you his body because the priest has now crucified Jesus Christ. That's blasphemous. It ruins everything in Scripture. Christ suffered once and one time for all time. And that rock we drink from, my friend, is Jesus Christ. That's what we say on the songs on Christ, the solid rock I stand. We talk about the, the rock is Christ. And, and that rock that we see into our Scripture, it pictures Christ, what he did for us. Smitten one time, and salvation comes forth for all mankind. And the and for the rest of eternity, or for the rest of time, I should say, all men have to do is ask. And water will come forth, and men can be saved. Father, we thank you for the rock that's Christ. We thank you for the scriptures that teach us this. Thank you for the typology. And Lord, help us to be willing to share Christ with others and tell them there's living water. Like our Savior told the dear woman at the well, that if she knew who she was talking to, she would ask for living water. Now, Lord, bless this time, this hour now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Evan, you want to come down here and help us in taking the offering tonight?